Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. This week, we have a very special guest, one of our proud partners of the show, and some good friends in the making with me. So we've got Mimosa Handcrafted this week. We've got Dawson and Madeline. We're going to learn about what it is exactly that they do, how they got started, where they are today, and everything Mimosa. But before we get to that, I want to give a big, wonderful shout-out and thank you to the amazing folks that bring you the show each and every week. Building 5, Falaya Real Estate, Currency Bank, the bank for business owners, Lake Men's Health Center, Horizon Financial Group, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, of course, Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry, and you know our outfit of the day is always brought to you by McClavey Limited. Without further ado, Dawson and Madeline, welcome to the show. Thank you for Um, having us. I'm excited to have y'all on and learn about y'all's journey and kind of how you work together as a couple. Mm, So for those that may not be aware, who are y'all and what do you do? Uh, well, we're I'm Madeline. This is Dawson, and we have Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry. It's a, a local jewelry company where we do lost wax casting. So um, I will take basically like a lump of wax, carve in the design, and then once I have what the end product looks like, would just be a piece of wax. Um, hand that off to Dawson. He takes a mold of it. It goes through a lot of processes and steps, and becomes metal so uh lost wax casting is like an ancient art they've been doing it since the egyptians have been making jewelry so it's the same process we just have slightly fancier tools to do the same process with um but we do all that in-house and we buff it clean it finish it polish it and we have a store here locally that we sell it all in and um it's really fun to make things and then like from the very start of the creating of it and then all the way to handing off to the customer in person. It's like a full circle of getting the raw goods and then making it yourself. Yeah. So it comes in like uh, little granules of bronze. We do, uh, we cast in bronze, sterling silver and 14 karat gold. Um, And it all comes in just in little grains and we melt it down and pour it into the mold. Yeah. Like little BBs. Um, And so you know, if something doesn't work out, we can remelt it and reuse it. Um, all of the gold we use is recycled gold, so um, it's a it's a cool process. The whole pro- that that part it's really hard to put into words, and it's even hard to do on video because it <laughs> it spans over several days. So, right. and a lot of it is happening in the mold, so you can't see it. Um, so it's been hard to kind of educate the customer on what exactly lost wax casting is. And we've tried several different ways. We've made models, we've done like cartoon drawings and things, but um, there are some cool videos that are long form on uh, YouTube that you can watch on lost wax casting. The The process for it is the same thing that's used for large cast sculptures. Like if you see a bronze sculpture downtown or something, usually that's a, a cast, um, but it's done with like a foundry or something with a huge like our casting equipment would be like a a coke can or something like a really small um like what we're the crucible that we're casting out of theirs would be a pour you know the size of a giant sculpture so it's a really different scale but it's the same process and how how did y'all get into this i mean lost wax casting it sounds like y'all have obviously come from a 
a lineage of jewelry makers and, you know, just been in your family for decades. It's a passed down tradition, right? I mean, it's got to be the case. Of course. <laughs> uh, no, we both were landscape architects. And then um, I had just been making jewelry at home, like, I guess to go way back. Um, my mom was a seamstress, so she sewed and always had customers coming in our house. And she would let me pick up the scraps and sew things and put me in sewing lessons. In fact, I was in sewing lessons when I was nine and our daughter's taking sewing lessons this week and she's nine so I feel like all emotional about it because it was really like the first um, experience of being able to take a somewhat raw material like fabric and create something that I wanted out of it you know that didn't exist before so um, my mom let me have access to those tools so that was kind of like my first like oh I could just make a dress or make a purse or whatever and um, somewhere along the way that became jewelry too and it was just beaded things you know in junior high and high school and then all through college I kept kind of with my tackle box, adding more beads to it, adding more equipment. I got, if I got spending money, I'd spend it on supplies. And then when I graduated, um, our projects were really large scale master plans. So it was like you'd work for a year, two years or more on a project before you saw anything implemented. So it wasn't like very instant gratification at all. Um, so I'd go home after work and make jewelry at night it's kind of like a, I did something with my hands today you know and Dawson is much more entrepreneurially minded and he was kind of like okay it's piling up what you should probably sell it or <laughs> I was something say, are you selling it this yeah. time or no I wasn't selling until till we got married and he mm -hmm. kind of said that like okay you're spending all of your spending money on this and it's piling up and what's your plan here? And I was like, I don't know, I just want to make jewelry. <laughs> and so he was like, let's get an LLC. Let's um, go apply for some markets. And I was like, what's that? How do you do that? You know, and he already had a business for several years at that point, Mimos. So um, we did, we got an LLC. We applied to the arts market downtown. They accepted me on the condition that I would improve my skills. So it wasn't like, <laughs> it was terrible. I was still really bad. Wait, what? But, um, yeah. Well, it was so, mostly beaded stuff. This was a long time ago. I wasn't even, okay. I was doing, yeah, it, I needed to improve my skills. <laughs> so like, like you had a company name at this point in time? Or? Yeah, I think I might have named it. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, it was Mimosa we, by me. Yeah, we got um, we got the LLC in January and I applied, I guess, after that. So I had, yeah. I had to have had the name at that point. But um, it didn't mean the work was good. <laughs> the work was okay. But I did improve and I started taking classes at that point. And having it as a legitimate business at that point, or somewhat legitimate, I guess, uh, made me feel like, oh, well, then I can really invest into it and really pour more time into it. And and then also knowing that once a month I was going to go show it in front of people and talk to them about it, it was like a totally different relationship with the pieces, with the end product. It wasn't like, oh, just I have to like it. It was like, maybe I should care about <laughs> how long this is or, you know, if it, the clasp is wonky or whatever. Um so we started doing that and that was, he he was, you know, really good about like helping me with displays and setting up the tables and the tent. And, you know, we found like the top of a tent in the trash and the bottom <laughs> over here, we were just rigging it all together. Um, but that, that like got the momentum going of like showing up for it, you know, and, um, and I would just spend all of my free time doing that pretty much. So our late at yeah, night. Yeah, like I would come home from work and start making jewelry and they would, they would go out with their friends and they'd be like, you come in, like poke their head in the room and I'd be like, I'm gonna stay here all night. <laughs> and I'd stay up till like three in the morning or whatever, um, just making jewelry, watching uh, like 
office. national treasure in the office <laughs> over and over because the TV was like over there. This was like before Netflix and all that. So it was like whatever DVD was in the TV was just what I watched the entire night. So you're watching so, like the office DVD version. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Just on loop because I didn't feel like changing it. So I was like, well, um, disc one of season three. Yeah, it was like, like the whole scene I feel like Mimosa was like built on national treasure, the gladiator, the burbs was in there some at some point. Uh, with Tom Hanks. Anyway, those, those, because it was, you know, that's all I had, the only DVDs I had. Um, but so I was, at that point, I was still like coming home after work and just working all night. I guess if, if this is part of the, yeah, yeah, yeah no, question. This, is, this is it, absolutely. Um, and then uh, at some point, let's see, that one went for years. We started doing Shrinky some, dinks, yeah, oh, as far that. as the pieces themselves, I started doing some metal stuff this this is the process called pmc yeah, how did so you learn from it's precious metal clay um the bead store that i would shop for my beads at at the time sold this precious metal clay and mm -hmm. it's so imagine that there is pulverized metal it's like powder metal okay. just imagine this metal powder and then you mix it in with a clay binder so it's like clay mixed with like powder metal well, you can make whatever you want, just like you would with clay. You can make a little heart or whatever, shape or something, stamp into it with stamps, all that kind of stuff. So you could make something. Well, then you put it in a carbon, uh, it's like um, powder in a dish that goes into a kiln and you fire it. Well, when it fires, it burns away all that clay binder and all that's left is the metal. The metal fuses at that temperature that it is in the kiln. So the clay binder burns away. So that's about 20% of it. So it shrinks down to about 20% of the original size. And then it's just a little metal like piece of whatever you had it's made like in magic. clay. It is like that magic. Is like magic. So that was my first like kind of foray into metal work. The CYA 360 Business Leader Symposium returns to Baton Rouge in October. This all-day event focuses on the main threats to your business. Speakers will present on fiduciary duties, brand building, insurance strategies, cybersecurity, exit strategies, financial confidence, and executive wellness. Jay Johnson, coach of the National Champ LSU baseball team, will deliver the keynote address. Join us for the 2023 Business Leader Symposium, October 5th at the Renaissance. For tickets, go to CYA360.com. That's CYA360.com. Little metal, like, piece of whatever you had made in clay. It is like magic. That is like magic. So that was my first, like, kind of foray into metal work. Um, so I'm like, but are you it, watching YouTube videos at this point in no, time? No, I don't I mean, think YouTube you, was even a thing really back how then. Are you this really was like 2000, this? this was like 2008, okay. like little, I'm sure there was the end. I mean, you did that class at Aramont I did, too. No, but they had, this was way before that. This was oh, like, okay. I, I did a class at, um, the bead store, I guess Bedridge Bead Company, I think was where it was, um, on Corsi. I took a class there. They had a lady who traveled and taught these classes and I took a class with her and she was like, a really I don't know she had just a great personality and she was like kind of opened my mind to what it could be and there were people who came in from like New Orleans like all over different places and kind of helped me see what you could do with this so that was my first like experience of that so I took that home and was like oh I'm gonna you know um so I played around with that a lot I did a lot of precious metal clay I also started making stuff with uh, shrinky dinks. So that's the old plastic stuff that you put designs on. You can print designs on and then you cut it out and you put it in the oven and it shrinks. A lot of people do it when they're kids. Okay. Um, so it's and if like, you get it wet, the, the design disappears. just goes away. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's okay. plastic. Clearly, clearly I didn't know how to do this as a kid. Yeah. So walk, well, um, just, you know, forgive me. But okay. for, for others that yeah. don't know what a shrinky so you dink have is, like you know. a sheet of paper that's kind of like this plastic material. Okay. Um, when we were kids, it was more like you just draw on it with markers and then cut it out like a circle or a heart or whatever, sun or something. And then you put it in the oven and it shrinks down to like probably a fraction, like yeah, an eighth of the size. But it gets thicker too. It gets thicker, but it shrinks way down. And then you could put like a key ring on it or, you know, a little thing and make a necklace out of it. It's not meant to last forever. Okay, so um, you're like just like creating kind of like a like a decorative piece to go yeah. on something. You're not yeah. making like a whole necklace. Well, so, yeah, so that's it's what like that pendants. is. It's just like gotcha. pieces earrings, to go. A lot of earrings. A I lot think. of earrings, a lot of pendants. Um, but mostly what I was doing was printing things on it. So like old maps or, um, you yeah, know, the skyline, case. that kind of stuff. Uh, onto these things and then and then painting it with fingernail polish because that sealed it. So if it did get wet, it wouldn't necessarily just come <laughs> off. So sold a lot of shrinky dink jewelry. <laughs> and then at some point, because I had my little kiln, this kiln was this big, I think the inside was like maybe eight inches by eight inches or something. Um, I was like, oh, you fire clay in kilns, like ceramics. So it's kind of like, I wonder, I could fire ceramics. So I got a bag of clay and started making ceramic jewelry. And because we don't know, well, I should speak for myself, I don't know anything about this, like what you're supposed to do, uh, because my background is a landscape architect. I'm sure I was breaking all the rules, but uh, with with how you are supposed to use clay. Um, but I um, just spaced out and realized that I'm having an interview right now. I'm sorry. You're good. So you've got, anyway. you've got this clay, you've got a kiln, yes. and you're trying to figure yeah, out what you're going to do with it. You took a class. No, I didn't take a class for the clay. How do you know all the so, fire levels? I don't because we had an electric kiln, and it's just like on the back of the little uh, thing of clay. So no, I, didn't, I mean, I mean like, um, you did, it would just tell you like, oh, this is a porcelain clay. It yeah. needs to be. The guy at the store was always super nice, and he would just tell me like, <laughs> fire this at this. So I would just make sure that thing on the kiln matched the thing on the back of the little container that the clay and the glaze came in but it was so fun because I was just experimenting doing whatever probably not even the safest thing in the world because like I didn't know what I was doing now looking back was like in like, our living room yeah like in the house oh, inside the um, house and yeah. everything and I'm like dinner you have the kiln going yeah, on the side yeah. I'm so like put a pizza sand, in there see totally what happens. glazing at the kitchen table dusting I'm like don't know this is probably why I spaced out just now like thinking about how <laughs> not safe this all was um like not supposed to breathe this stuff in you should be doing like ventilated spaces only but I didn't know so you know anyway made a lot of really cool jewelry I think um and had a lot of fun just trying everything um and at that point I could glazes there's every color you can imagine you can mix the glazes you can all do all different things so that was really fun then I did um fest for all do you remember Fest for All, mm. the festival in Fest Baton Rouge? It's called Ebb and Flow Festival now. Okay, I know of Ebb and Flow. Yeah, it Fest used was. to be. It okay, used to be called Fest for All. Got it. Um, so that, that was around for a long time. Yeah. So um, that festival was downtown, and we did that one year. And um, let's see. At this point, I was still working full time as a landscape architect, but I was pregnant with my son Charles, uh, and I was maybe like six months pregnant at mm -hmm. least. Um, so this was like 2011. No, no. What, what year was he it born? Was 11. Yeah, sorry, 2011. So I had ha I started Mimosa in 2008. This was 2011. 
I was pregnant with him. I won at this award. You could win, or sorry, at the festival, you could win awards if you were like best in show or you had a cool booth or whatever. I actually can't even remember why we won the award, but we won an award. And the award was that you got to go to Aeromont in Tennessee. And that was um, the school where they teach, you know, everything from ceramics to metal smithing and all that. So I took a metal smithing class. Turned out that the professor there was uh, Christopher Heinz, who teaches jewelry at LSU um, randomly was the teacher and it was like I'm driving all the way to Tennessee to learn from this guy who teaches basically in her backyard <laughs> but he was one of the best professors I've had of all the schooling I've had in my entire life he was really great um, and it was fun to be in there with people from all over the country and learn metalsmithing so I didn't really have any formal training until that point but at the same time we were learning metalsmith metalsmithing in this one class the connecting classroom his wife was teaching enameling in so that's where you take like a copper a piece of copper and then you dust powdered glass onto it and you put okay. that in the kiln so say the kiln's at 1500 degrees you stick that in the kiln close the door and it's dropped the temperature for a little bit but as soon as it gets back up to 1500 degrees you take it out so it's very instant gratification at that point the glass is all fused to the metal and melted and it looks like usually like a really wonky color but as soon as it cools it's like vibrant yellow or red or whatever the color of glass that you put on it right so everything else i had been doing was a slow roll like there was ceramics takes days to see what's going to happen the pmc is like two days of you know there was not a lot of instant gratification jewelry um, except for the beaded stuff. But this uh, enameling was very instant gratification, which was really fun. So I, I went there, learned the metal smithing, um, learned the enameling, got home and started doing that. I had Charlie, our son, and then uh, was home for like four months. And the good thing about not being paid on maternity leave was we were able to kind of see if we could do what we were doing without my pay right um and we kind of did um not having that you know as and just using mimosa as supplement i think i was selling on etsy at the time and then like some other maybe bourbon and boots like some other online kind of places you could sell and so when i went back to work i went back part-time because it felt like a lot to try to do mimosa have a baby and you know and it was a lot it was way too much so for me um so i did i think i worked part-time for maybe like three or four months or something like that and then was kind of like okay this something has to give and we figured if if it worked while i wasn't being paid and this way i could be home with my son and i wouldn't have to pay for daycare or pay for somebody to watch him and i could pursue you know making jewelry on the side so i was really scared though to do that because i had a landscape architecture job and i loved it i wasn't like done with this like i, I still love it i still kind of have fomo to all my landscape architecture friends like what projects are y'all working on and you know um but so it wasn't like I was leaving like, bye y'all, I'm done with this. I was kind of like, should I, is this a terrible decision? I spent seven years getting this degree and you know, anyway. So I finally, you know, finally decided that was the thing to do. And once I turned and left and my boss was wonderful, supportive. If you ever want to come back to the field, we'll, you know, take you. So she made it really easy and hard at the same time, I guess. Um, but once I turned around and left and started like putting all my time into Mimosa, I never looked back for the most part. It was like, this is, this is like what I get to do. So, um, had my son, we made jewelry, um, 
we were we wanted to invest in lost wax casting at that time like all the equipment it's expensive equipment it's quite involved so how'd you hear about this i mean if it's if it's lost wax casting it kind of sounds so, like it's lost how'd you find it yeah really <laughs> she mentioned that to um, me and i was like what what are we buying what? yeah um because you got that whole setup from that, that yeah guy. so that was around the time that we um we had met with a jeweler i think we bought some stuff on craigslist or something like that like in mississippi or somewhere that old yeah. old he was like retiring um and he did lost wax casting it was like whoa this is cool like what is this oh, and it felt yeah, like a whole yeah. other world of yeah. like jewelry making and you can he make large like scale good. yeah like, like really old school you know but um you can make really big pieces of jewelry you can do and i had i'd heard about it like at the school and just different places i guess in learning about jewelry on my own but um i knew that with PMC, you're limited for size. You can't make a big piece of jewelry. You can only really do small things where it cracks. So it's, I just could only ever make tiny little pieces, of, like uh, metal pieces. With Lost Wax Casting, I would be able to make a sculpture as tall as me or, you know, a big bracelet or whatever. So it was just on my radar because I wanted to be able to make bigger stuff. And, and that also felt like the ultimate way to make jewelry. Um, so I, we we had bought all the equipment and then I got pregnant with Lily and we were like, I was like, not teaching myself this now. This is not the time. And uh, it turns out I never did teach myself because Dawson taught himself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we sold it, got rid of it. And then... Um, wait, you, wait, you sold the, this, the equipment? the equipment? All the equipment. Yeah. So wait, hang on. So Looking you, inv- back, you invested I wish we had, in everything. I, I remember moving all this equipment in the shed that we had built mm-hmm, in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what is crap? Like, just <laughs> moving it over and over and over. And then I think I was like, if we're not going to use this, I'm going to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And we did. we sold it. So, so, and at at this time, like, what are you doing, Dawson? Oh, I'm just cutting grass. He has his own company. (laughs) He's supporting us. (laughs) So, landscape, landscape architecture. I own Mimos with my business partner, Jeremy. And uh, we cut grass for 20 years, I think. I started that when I was... 13 got my first mower and then he joined me in 1999 i think and then we cut together for till 2015 when i sold my end to him okay yeah so um, that was um i got pregnant with lily had her and then about two years later was when um he came home one day and was like I well, think me and Jeremy sell my like, we're like <laughs> <to Jeremy>. brothers. <laughs> yeah. I doubt he'll even listen to this. If, if he sees me, and be like, "I'm not listening to that." But uh, we're we're like brothers. Like we could dog curse each other, and then the next day we're like, "I'm sorry, man." But I think we were just like kind of. He wanted to. I knew he wanted to do memos in a different way, and hers her business was taken off. So it was like a perfect opportunity to just be like, "Well, let's try something new." Yeah, he so. kind of came home and was like, I think I want to do this. And we, we've kind of, I feel like a lot of our decisions have been like him saying, I think we need, this is what we should do. And me being like, okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and then like a couple months later being like, what did we do? Is that a good idea? No, Maybe we should have thought about like it more. Looking back on it, like we, even my parents were like, okay, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, man, no one really was like, are you sure? Yeah. I feel the same, even with my parents, when I told them I was quitting my landscape architecture (laughs) job that we studied all these years to become landscape architects and all that, I thought they were going to be like mad or disappointed, you know, but they were like, okay, cool. Like, 
I, I feel like less sure than you seem sure, but you're like, no, no, no that's not how this works. So, yeah. You're supposed to tell me not to do <laughs> yeah. it. And yeah. it's a bad idea. Yeah. And I'll stay doing my landscape yeah. architecture job. That's how this is supposed to go. Mom and dad, <laughs> yeah. you're not supposed to tell me to chase my dreams and yeah. quit yeah. my job. Yeah, that doesn't go in the book. That's <laughs> yeah. not what they say. That, that's not, I'm, I'm expected to be looked at like, oh my gosh, why are you throwing yeah. your life yeah. away? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Not, I think you could do it. Go for no, it. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. So yeah. your parents were very supportive and got you along through this. And like, parents actually bought me that first little kiln oh, yeah. <laughs> one in our house <laughs> so then dawson comes into the picture selling his share in mimos mm-hmm. and now you've got two people having to work in this business mm-hmm. so i mean what is day one in the ellis household um i think it was well, i mean it was fun it was like oh this is so crazy and fun and he was like we're gonna do this we're gonna do this i'm like okay and then like i remember a couple of months in i was like like what's happening but it was like I had been doing everything with babies on my hips right the way that I just figured out how to do it I'm shipping like this I'm making it like this just the way I got to get it done with like organic protection on the babies you know yeah. like you're, grind, yeah. you're grinding and buffing yes. and you were so, growing organically like yeah just like kind of so steady for me and to be, slow I don't have a job so yeah. let's Ramp it and up. he doesn't he he moves around and has to have like a project so he came in like ready to, which was great but but here's the thing so I was kind of like well I'll do it like this because this but he could see the forest for the trees like that's inefficient and ridiculous and I'm like it is actually <laughs> damn it but it works yeah like <laughs> it works but like oh you're right and who wants the other person to be right that was terrible <laughs> but um so I had, it was a lot of like having to be like dang okay yeah um and and just step back and let him come in with fresh eyes and fresh ideas and all that kind of stuff and even just like pushing things forward because I'd literally still be at the kitchen table probably like just making piles of jewelry watching the office (laughs) um and if he hadn't pushed it so so after we after I kind of realized like oh okay like this is good I need him to things have to change this is part of the deal uh it was great but there's not a lot of like couples out there working together at the level that we're working together so there's not a lot of um like examples or people to follow you know like how do we how do we do this and maintain navigating that yeah like I, i read a lot of books a lot of business books listen to a lot of podcasts but but like couples like manufacturing and designing and like running a business there just weren't a lot of examples so i didn't really have anywhere to look or like people to ask um, and now, like, as I do come across that, it's like, oh, all of this was totally normal. We did a pretty good job, actually. You know, so it, yeah, y'all are both still back. here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it's just like anything. It's like something to navigate. And if you don't have anybody to say, like, yep, those are the hurdles. You know, that's and totally it wasn't normal. all easy. No. I mean. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so at that point, he's like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Let's buy all that equipment. Let's so let's not gloss over that fact real quick. <laughs> yeah. So you made the decision, Dawson, that we're selling this junk in your eyes at a time. And then. Well, I was you, still did, employed. Well, right, right. I, I you were even, still doing memos. Yeah. Think about like, oh, we'll be casting one day. Plus, it wasn't the setup that I would. It was centrifugal casting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which because I know exactly what that means. It's so, <laughs> yeah, it's almost impossible to explain. But basically, you heat metal, oops, and it liquefies the metal, and then you have it in this drum, and you put a flask, which is like the investment powder that uh, it's so hard to explain. <laughs> 
but it's a hollow void basically of your pieces that you want to create once yeah. you melt the wax it's out. Like a mold. Yeah. So you set it up and you're you're melting the metal and you're kind of just doing this by like sight and experience. And then once you think the metal is at the right temperature, you literally just like flip a switch and this thing spins around Super at fast. probably a hundred miles an hour and that molten metal gets flung into the flask and fills okay. all the empty voids. Got it. So you have to like close a lid and then you do it and it's like and and then you're just like, oh man. Hope it doesn't Seems spin a little, out. You know, like you're spinning molten metal. Or How many times did you read the, the instruction? We didn't. I didn't even we, we never did yeah. that. Well. Oh, you didn't do that. So one. we yeah. went with the vacuum, which so, yeah. just Way you put it in something chill. and it just sucks the metal into it. Gosh. There's no, air there's the nothing slinging metal anywhere, so okay. it feels sounds a lot, a lot safer, safer yeah. too. And then when I sold the business, like we kind of invested in to some new equipment. Yeah. So he sold the business, so he had we could kind of. It wasn't like we didn't have anything to cushion us for a little while and then also had, yeah. you know, money Took to invest. The, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was great. So so that's when he was like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to invest in the equipment. He's like, I'm going to figure out how to do it. We've never taken a class in lost wax casting. There were YouTube videos at that point. So Yeah, there was one YouTube, YouTube lady who was awesome. I probably watched her. I don't even know her. I'd have to go back and find it. I'm sure she has plenty of views. But just watched her. She did the whole process from start to finish. And I watched that over and over and over and over. And then just, like, you got to get all the temperatures correct. So there's a lot of, you know, trying to figure that out. It's like a science but lab. It's so, and it really is. everything it's that crazy. goes into it feels like the weather, the, you know, just the temperature the of the of humidity, everything. everything affects it. So, like, if it could go perfect and then the next thing you could do everything just the same and it could be a total disaster so it felt like and timing like the first time i ever cast it was i set it up at like i woke up one saturday i'm like all right let's let's do it and i think it was like 10 in the morning i got started well little did i know that once the process plays out it had me casting at like 11 o'clock that night holy smokes <laughs> she was in bed <laughs> And so, like, I'm like, well, I can't, like, all this work would be ruined, which right. it was just one flask, which doesn't seem like a lot, but, like, just getting started, it was. That's what I was going to say. That's a lot yeah. of time. So, I was like, oh, man, I got to do it. So, um, set it all up and, like, just trying to figure it out as I go. I, I think that I remember this goes here and heated the metal up to 2,000 degrees and you got this red hot crucible, and I'm like tired. <laughs> and like, like 11 o'clock at night, you're like barely, yeah. eyes barely open. Like, like, I think go. this is how the molten lava goes. <laughs> so, yeah, I poured it in and it went in right away. It was a pecan from uh, Mr. Norman mm -hmm. from the uh, Baton Rouge uh, or the, the downtown arts market. And he gave us a little New Rose pecan. Elliot, I think. And Elliot. Yeah. And so I molded that silicone mold and I made. Uh, like a they call it a tree whenever you make a the jewelry tree it's all the pieces on the trunk and right, right, count right. like a tree so um made a little tiny tree like 20 pecans and that was my first tree and it worked out perfectly which is and i was like like a miracle <laughs> that's even a miracle <laughs> today like we still cast and it's a miracle to get a perfect yeah. tree so so this that was like the universe being like you're gonna perfect and like you need to go down yeah. this path. We'll yeah. make it easy yeah. on the like first one. It sucks you in with that first one. Oh, yeah. It's possible. <laughs> and I was so ready to, like, start selling it. And then for some reason, I didn't clip that tree. I was like, let me just keep it. 
And so we have it's in the store now. It's so you like, still have the tree. It's on a little the shelf first in our store. Mold oh, perfect. with the tree. There's three things. What is it? The mold, the tree. The, the disaster. Oh, yeah, the second tree. So it was like probably by that time it was like midnight. And I ran in, woke her up. I was like, look, it worked. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, what? <laughs> it's midnight. Is somebody breaking in? Like, <laughs> yeah. why are you waking me up? So I ran back down there, cast the second one, and it just it just went to hell. It's and also in the like, store. Uh, yeah, so it was a mess. <laughs> I messed up the investment part of it, which is when you the, the powder turns hard around the wax. Right. So if you do it wrong, you'll get bubbles all over it. It, it just looks like nothing. And so I was just like, a- uh-oh, this isn't that easy. So, uh, yeah. And then just slowly started figuring, doing more. Yeah, then you then started carving. Point, yeah, at that point I could well, start carving stuff. I think it took a while she was still doing the PMC clay, and that's really quick. Like, she mm-hmm. could make something that night, fire it that evening, and then in the morning, like, here it is. I can send this off to wholesale. And I think you were getting more and more wholesale orders. Mm-hmm. So I think once she saw the capacity that, you know, like, and the replication of Yeah, it was the really the replication because in PMC you're having to hand make each each individual piece with loss wax casting. You have a mold, so you're able to, like, replicate that first original carved piece instead of having to carve every single one. Right. So there's just no way to keep up with capacity of, you know, once, once we realized. Although it was, uh, he's more like, head on into the new thing, whatever it is. And I'm down for change, but I'm usually like lagging behind a little bit. Like I'm trust you. Yeah. Yeah. But I like still want to do it a little bit the old way. <laughs> so it did take me a little bit longer to like come around. Cause I was like, I could just do it so fast. And you're like, no, if you just trust the process, we can do more. It might take like a day longer, you know, whatever. But yeah. I was like, so it took me a little bit longer, but once we got into it, it was like, Oh, this is where it's at. So, so yeah, at that time we started, He's, I mean, he was casting like a tree or like a flask, two, two flasks. Now we do what, like anywhere from like 500 to like not 1100 pieces per week. So the kilns are on right now. Oh yeah. I might have to check it during the show. (laughs) (laughs) So he has to watch. Can can we get a video of the, like, (laughs) is it a video of the kiln? So I just have a camera. Okay. Facing Uh, the kiln. Facing the kiln. So it's like a nanny cam. So if it says an error on it. That's bad. I might have to call my or text my neighbor. Like, so like if the kiln trips and has an error, it stops heating up and it will throw off the whole cast. So all the all the flask in there won't be at the right temperature. So we're good. Say. So yeah, that's the temperature. Okay, so those are the temperatures. So turn <laughs> just it just a nest. Turn oh. it to the camera a little bit so <laughs> see the, they can see. Well, they can't really see it too too well. But okay, so, so you've got say, yeah. you've got viewing of your kilns like yeah. from your phone. And we so have to do every, that every um, week. Every what week, is today? every week, Tuesday, every Tuesday, Tuesday night Tuesday. for the past eight years, he has to basically I'm on stay call till about the nanny cam. <laughs> if you get an error, then you're well, it just depends on how quick you can catch the error because the kilns will start dropping in temperature. Okay, and then if you don't see it right away, then you gotta like you'll be up till midnight to make sure it hits those certain levels to where it won't trigger an error. So that's just part of it. So, so you say text your neighbor. Yeah, Brian. Right. So that leads me to question, are you still making this stuff at home? In the in the studio in the back. Okay, so walk us through let's let let's let's get to that studio part. So y'all have got this stuff. Have we when did we graduate from the kitchen table? Mm-hmm. Um probably when I had Lily, he built me a little office in the back, a little, okay. a little space the of the, the in the house. house. Um he 
Charles never put stuff in his mouth, but Lily was like, what is this little thing? What is this, what is this thousand degree so, item no, that's going to go right I, in my mouth? I wasn't doing stuff like, we weren't casting, so <laughs> like it wasn't sharp that things. kind of thing. It was more like beads and little findings and stuff. Um, she, So we had to have a place we could lock the door, you know, they could get into. So he built that. And that was like, oh, my little oasis. Like I could go in there, turn on my show and just make jewelry all night. And um, and then and then the shed and the, the shop, whatever. Yeah, so I built like a shop, like a 20 by 20 with like a couple carports because me and my buddy would go find old cars and kind of work on them. And uh, so then when I sold Mimos, I was like, whoa, we could just turn the 20 by 20 in my tool room into like the studio. Right. And so that's pretty much... Like, we put it in there, like, all the stuff that needs to go outdoors, like, all the kilns, and it's dirty, like, the buffing and stuff like that. So, kind of outfitted the, the shop, we call it, and uh, added on a little bit here and there, and, of course, now we have the new building that we'll be yeah. moving into. So, you know, I got the shop in the back. First off, what kind of cars did you repair? Because I'm oh, very much um, into cars. Well, we, well, God, we've had all kinds. Um... You had, had the a, Beetle, yeah, the 67 a, Volkswagen Beetle. We've had two Westphalias. A couple Westphalias that we've driven to Montana and back. It was awesome. Wow. Um, what was the um, Airstream? Yeah, we had Avion. Avion. Um, and then me and my buddy, Randy, we go and get old Scouts, International Scouts. 1961 to 60, or I guess they have the 70 Model 2. And uh, work on those. Love, I love them. Love the looks of them. It's, it's like art. I don't know. Yeah, scouts like are a perfect a, little. Scouts are a gorgeous yeah. vehicle. Yeah. So, um, we've done that for years. I have an Instagram like account. Like bottom, flipped all them. The so he's had countless. I don't think you can count how many no. had of Yeah, it's probably. It could be a hundred. I don't even know. Yeah. So that's been fun. We just work on them. We're tinkering on some now. Right now, I got. Four that we have now that four scouts. Rainy's got uh, two, and we have one fifty-fifty, and then I have mine. So, okay. So yeah, it's how do you find four scouts in Louisiana? Uh, well, we go to Texas. Really? Yeah. Okay. Texas, Florida, Mississippi, <laughs> Alabama. Gotcha. So you got this now. You have this the studio where you're now making jewelry yep. outside of the kitchen table, outside of the reach of the children. When do you, I mean, is it still just the two of you? What are we, what's the workforce like at this um, point? It wasn't too long after you joined, like, I guess you got. Oh, you got Jay Papa's Yeah, on. he joined me like in August, I guess. And then somewhere around that fall, later that fall, we got an order from Jay Papa's I don't know if you've read his book, uh, The One Thing. Um, he's great. He's a great, he's an author. But um, he uh, ordered a lot 500 500 silver uh, domino necklaces and so that was like obviously our first huge order like the logo on his book yeah so he yeah forget what exactly he was going to sell them and give a lot away um so we um we were like yeah we were like we can't say no we gotta figure out how to do it (laughs) silver we hadn't done much silver um, so we were like, whatever it takes, we're going to figure this out. Yes. And we have to hire someone to help us too. So we did at that point. Um, and then I think not too long after that, I guess we hired more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I thought it just kind of like 
you know, as this thing would come in, it would be like, okay, now we need somebody to kind of help us with that. And just slowly delegate. so many steps of the process. It's easy to kind of like, you know, divide it into like, well, this person can do this, you know, yeah. instead of, no, I mean, it's good to know the entire process. Yeah. It's helpful when everybody on the team knows everything that happens because well, one, they can like appreciate what the kind of work that goes into each thing um, and know like the step of the process, like how long this thing takes and how what they're doing affects that thing and all that. But it is very compartmental or it can be very compartmentalized as in like you ship, you do wax, you do content stuff, you, you know, you do customer service stuff. So it's Cause um, I used to be able to do every step of it through a week and that's all we would cast. We'd just it was a couple trees yeah. and then, then we'd buff it and then mm-hmm. eventually it's like, Well, I need to just do the wax part while y'all are buffing and then we knew like that kind of makes it mm-hmm. so it was very organic growth. Mm-hmm of you know hiring like kind of figuring that out as we go as well because i mean it's all made up yeah we didn't um (laughs) like we didn't prepare to own our own jewelry business we didn't take a lot of yeah figuring out if this doesn't work out i'll just go to home depot and organize the plumbing (laughs) or something we didn't um yeah so i've read a lot of books we've i've made a lot of mistakes turns out i'm not like meant to be a manager (laughs) manage people i'm more like meant to be locked away making jewelry somewhere so i had been doing all of that up until about a year ago and that's when he was like uh it's time (laughs) well it's just like she was bogged down with just the managerial stuff and i'm like i don't even know how she was creating during all that like Cause it's different mind like you, you you know managing people or whatever it part of the business is just requiring your brain and then trying to design is, yeah, is it's tough it's like two almost two sides yeah. of your brain that you're having to mm-hmm. deal with yeah you know i don't know how you did come up with this no i i didn't so do like, it well <laughs> but i mean I don't know about something that. had to suffer <laughs> it was probably the management part but but he now that i it, and it's i feel like truly taken it took it maybe eight months for me to finally really let go of it because there was a this lot is of year eight we're just now figuring yeah like our places and yeah we got so it was 15 years total because we got the llc in 2008 but eight years with him and it's taken you know it just this whole thing has been a process but even just letting go of all that stuff that felt kind of like um but you know i feel like every part of it has been you know in delegating along the way it's felt like are they going to do it the way it needs to be done and you know all that and you're like okay and then you let that go and you're like oh wow okay they actually do it good maybe better i don't you know and and the more you do it the easier easier it gets but i feel like the delegating gets closer to home and you have to let go of things you thought you would never be able to let go and managing and doing all the processes and procedures and keeping up with all that stuff felt like one of those things like how would I not have my hands in every all those kind of decisions so it took me a while a long time longer probably than it should have to let go to trust to realize like it will get done it will get done better and now like being on the other side of it I'm I feel like I'm walking around like why am I so happy <laughs> like I have like all this why, bandwidth why this to stress gone yeah like, this like is weird just to design and think about design and go just on inspiration finding field trips and like you know that kind of stuff um but it, it, it wasn't like easy getting there. And he, but he has made it easy because he's so good at it. And also, well, it made me kind of mad too. Cause I was like, dang, I tried so hard and he's just good at it. Like, uh, naturally, you know, like, it's just like, 
um, intuitive. I think I think I feel like I a lot of just things dumber, like stuff no. just like stuff that I struggle back, I with. He's they're just it's more intuitive for him. And I think that's why it works but, so well is that you've got the balancing act here. Yeah, you've got one of you so strong over here, the other one's strong over here, and y'all kind of are able to trust each other to take over whatever area that they're in and run with it successfully. You know, and managing that's been I've. I'm going through the same thing you're going through. It's like, yeah. well, I, I could really do this myself. Yeah. And then you find out you're like, oh, wait, I told 20 other things I was going to do it myself. Yeah. Okay, I really yeah. can't do yeah. it myself. It up. Yeah. And then it's now I've got to train this person. Yeah. Now I've got to spend time training this person. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, if this comes back around, I'll still have to train them and show them. Like, well, I didn't take that much. I didn't actually, I took less time. It's like, wait, I took less time. Yeah. Wait, now I'm not doing anything at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, you still have those like precious gems where you're like, yeah. nope, I'm going to hold on to this and I'm always yeah. going to do this forever. Yeah. And then you let go of it and you're like, there is this whole other side of the world that yeah. I haven't began to touch that now I can yeah. go and do what I want to do. Yeah. And then they come up with better ideas and they're even better at it. And you're like, well, dang, I was like holding <laughs> back on this thing. You know, like I was holding it down when it could have been flourishing this whole time. But, um, and then also he's, hired uh, hire somebody that's become the manager so even letting go further of you know delegating in, in a whole new way um that's been amazing so you know it's just um learning how to work better in a team and let go of things and so it's, it's been well, so now you have whole experience you have even graduated from the shed in the backyard yeah. and actually have a new place yeah. that y'all going to be designing and building. Yeah. So let's talk about the decision well, it's built. that went it's into a building. that. I'm saying like yeah. y'all going to be building yeah. oh, and it, crafting yeah, and, jewelry. Yeah. So like what, what went into that? How'd you know it was the right time? Um, I mean, it's a terrible time right now. <laughs> <laughs> interest rates have never been higher. Right. Yeah. Uh, but luckily we locked in a pretty low interest rate and, uh, we so we back up to the interstate as well and so our shop is kind of close to the interstate and with the widening we, we were like man i don't what if they take too much you know land or whatever yeah. um turns out it's not going to be the case at all but we've i've always been looking it was just it was always kind of time really yeah so it was just like just finding it'd be nice spot. like to have our yard back you know yeah. like like we always joke like can't walk by the window in your boxers because someone might be like, <laughs> someone's gonna be working there yeah. and they just look up and like, okay, that's my boss. He's drinking his coffee. We yeah. just made eye contact and Dawson's just like, well, uh, we're here. <laughs> Let me just. It's never happened, but no. still, like, it's you know, yeah. it seems like it's always someone at our house, which is fine. Yeah, I think we're those kind of people. It doesn't really bother us, but. Uh, I think when it was COVID and we were like, man, no one came to our house for like months. And we we're like, this is awesome. You know, like it used to. It was kind of weird. It was like, I think we hadn't thought about it really. Cause when he, when he was with Mimos, they always were there too. Right. So it wasn't like we ever had a, a real private house. It was always kind of like a road, <laughs> like people yeah. were just in and out all the time. Um, yeah. Like when we had like so, five employees at one point, they were still using our house bathroom so people would and just it, walk we only in. had one bathroom so it was just you like had one a, bathroom in the yeah, house yeah it was pretty crazy but, so. but we didn't really think about it much until we weren't doing it and then it was like oh is this what people live like yeah. just like, like in their wow. home alone <laughs> so anyway so this new place though we're extremely excited yeah so about. we've been looking and looking looked at some bad buildings um and it's, you know, industrial, so, like, it's not always in the most 
picturesque areas like there's not like usually a lot of nature or wildlife which is kind of my thing um usually your thing yeah um so yeah we just went and looked at this one and that it's in the cloverland area industrial plex and uh huge air-conditioned warehouse with offices already built it has a a one-bedroom apartment upstairs which i'm like super excited because we could potentially rent this to someone that could watch the kilns at night and be on site. Yeah. Cause the last thing I would want to do is see an error and then have to drive to industrial plex to go hit two buttons. Yeah. Well, now, so, you, now, um, now you can provide that housing yeah. for somebody. Exactly. Like, Look, if you want to work for us, we'll pay yeah. you reduced rate overnight. And now you're exactly. just, yeah, you're on call 24 seven, but you're getting paid 24 yeah. one day a week. It's like yeah. one, you know, 12 hours of a week. So, but the, but the main reason we got it is in the area. I was like, Oh, there's a, looks like there's a lake right behind the building. So when we get, get there, it's like you roll up the back doors and it's like this beautiful lake. I mean, it's got some trash, you know, but I, I clean where, it as much it as I can. <laughs> And it's like a quarter of a mile lake, and it's awesome. It's full of turtles, fish, snakes, garfish, garfish, like everything. So is it on y'all's property, or is it just like a shared lake? Uh, It is shared shared to the right-hand side, but you own across, all the way to the land across it and around it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and it's like beautiful. So we're going to fill in the lake. And so we can add on to the building. (laughs) Eliminate the nature and completely. Push it out. But what? it's great. So you you just look out on this beautiful, you know, it's like you're at the zoo and there's turtles everywhere and fish and everything. So it's really nice. So it feels like, okay, if we have to be in this industrial space, but have plenty of nature around us. Yeah, plenty. So, and y'all are selling out of, where are y'all selling Our out store. of? Our okay. store. We have a store on Government Street, kind of behind well, South Eugene. South Eugene. Yeah, sorry. Okay. It's like off of Government Street. Um, it's on South Eugene, kind of at that corner uh, where Domino's and Ragusa's is. Yeah. Uh, it's right behind there. And there's a, we rent the front part to a bookstore, Red Stick Reads. They're great. If you haven't been, you should totally go. Um, and then we're in the back part. And then we have what was a mobile store that we used to be in. It's called We call it the Shopette. Um, that's what we started in because that kind of felt... I was never like, I want to have a store. I did not want to have a store. I would tell people I do not want to have a store because I couldn't imagine... I hadn't delegated a thing at that point. I couldn't right. imagine like if you had a store, you'd want to go there. You need to go there. And I couldn't imagine how you could have it if, you know, I had so many other things I had to do. But as you delegate and take things off your plate and and just anyway, along the way, it, came, it became a thing that was something that we wanted to explore. And um, and it was a low cost. Entry. Yeah, it was, it was like. We had we owned the property and we had a mobile place to put it into on the property. So it wasn't like we're gonna go have to get this big long lease or do all of this investing. And there's like the permitting and all for like a mobile arts trailer. There's just like none. Really? So yeah. It was just not like as scary or intimidating to just be like, okay, well, I can see us putting some jewelry in this little trailer and having one person work there. And that doesn't seem so scary to me. A store and all that felt like, oh gosh, how do you make that happen? But um, anyway, so we did the shop at, and it was like, oh, it's like working, and it's not as and we intimidating. Had, did it as where I you thought. had to like get buzzed in, so yeah. it felt even though it's a trailer and you got silver in there, you know, it like yeah. felt safe. So we did that for like a year, or a little a year. less than a year before we decided like, whoa, 
now a store doesn't seem so scary. Now that's like a brick and mortar store. Like that seems like, okay, I think we could do that. And then, um, we rented the we, back of the building yeah. to some caterers and they kind of downsized at the same time. So it just kind of made sense. Yeah, like, so okay, well now's like, the time now the for back us of the building is available. We could, you know, move in, build it out like so, the decor and yeah, uh, it was worked so now, very smoothly. Yeah, now we're in there and that's been really nice. And like I said, like, if we didn't have the manager that we have, the team that we have that works there, amazing. Um, I can't imagine it working, you know, without them. They they do everything. They're amazing. So, Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of part of that growth phase, right, is getting team in place to handle everything so you yeah. don't have to sit there worrying about every single facet. Yeah. You've got people in place that you trust that can handle the tasks assigned, and you're like, yeah. you know, it's getting done. And we just have to kind of check in. Hey, how's things going? All right, yeah. great. We're still moving along. We're still making everything yeah. great. Let's keep rocking and rolling. You can focus on your creative side of things. Yeah. And and even some of the creative stuff, like the content creation, we have Greta who works with us and she's just takes stuff and runs with it. I feel like, I'm like, wow, it's like, like what I was saying, like stuff that you're like, that's better than what, it's really good. <laughs> um, just people that you know are going to, uh, that are like worrying about it and caring about it as much as you would have is amazing and and makes it easier to let go of those things, you know. Yeah, and then um, as they continue doing it, you're like more trusting of people yeah. to let go of more and more. Yeah, and more. absolutely. So we didn't even actually talk about a whole lot of actual pieces mm -hmm. that y'all make. So y'all sell some stuff at one of our other partners, McClavey. Mm -hmm. Y'all sell some fantastic cufflinks. Y'all mm -hmm. got some alligators in there that I saw today, and I was like, yeah. these are pretty cool. Yeah. So talk a little bit briefly about some of the actual items that y'all sell within Mimosa. So, um, I guess like way early it started, I had, I'm, we're heavily influenced by the outside world, like because of their background in landscape architecture, uh, they kind of just train you to be observant and take it in. And so early on, that was like my influence. Um, and, and of course I just went into landscape because I love nature and you know, everything. Um, so now I guess how I would describe it is the other is this kind of is like a new thing for even in my mind how to describe it. Uh, you know how people will set up kind of like a little shrine or altar type thing in their room. And it's like all things that are meaningful to them, like a picture of their grandmother and like a feather that they found on the a walk they took or, you know, this rock from this place. Well, um, I was making like a mobile one for myself, like a little bag to have of all my like favorite things that are like special to me. And everything I would think of to put in there that was like something really special was jewelry, like my jewelry pieces, because they are pieces that I've made that kind of capture something really meaningful me to me, like the squirrel or the garfish or the, you know. So I was like, oh, these are all really kind of like talismans or like special keepsake kind of mementos of things that are very meaningful in our culture and our landscape and our lives, whether it's like connecting with a family member or a friend. Um, so I see them as like wearable pieces that you would have to remind you of the things that mean the most to you. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what inspires most of it is um, nature, uh, things that are like human connection. So like uh, I have one that's the soul friend cuff that's like about your soul friend, kind of like your next level best friend. 
Um, I have a whole grounding collection. So there's like the breathe bracelet and that walks you through square breathing. So a lot of people who do yoga or people in the military will use square breathing to help kind of regulate their nervous system. Um, And the bracelet itself is notched for you to follow that pattern of square breathing. It just looks like a random bracelet with a pattern on it. But if you know what it is and on the inside it's printed like breathe in, four counts, breathe out, you know. So, and that's the other thing. A lot of the pieces, they might be for something like grounding, but they don't say it on there. It just looks like an incognito. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if somebody says like, oh, I like your bracelet, you can be like, if you're not in the mood to talk about square breathing or the fact that you have anxiety or something, you could just be like, thanks. Um, Like if they have weird energy and you're just like, (laughs) don't want to go there with them. I'm not going to go into the details of what this actually means. But if you're like on a plane and you kind of hit it off with this person, they're like, I like your bracelet. You're like, you know, actually I struggle with anxiety and this helps me do square breathing and I use it and I'll take it off and show the person and they're like no way that's so crazy me too or you know and then you can like it's a conversation starter just something that would be maybe a a difficult topic to like enter into some other way um but it's also a tool so i like functional things i have um this i'm wearing one today it's the uh, essential oil diffuser so there's like a little terracotta disc in there that you can soak with essential oils so you could put like if you're stressed out you could put lavender on it and kind of like smell it calm yourself down or just smell good when it doesn't you know when it's hot or something um let's see i have the uh one that's called the tactile cuff that kind of look it's like all different textures and stuff and like say we're here and i'm like nervous and i'm like need something to fidget with like it's a good one to like rub your fingers across if you're in a meeting and you're kind of like oh i need something to kind of like let energy out you know um so pieces like that and then pieces that are more like um keepsakes like a heart or a you know that you can um that that you could give somebody for a special occasion or you know some pieces that say you are loved or i have like the best is yet to come i have plenty of pieces that are inspired by the local landscape and culture um which is probably like the biggest part of our collection i guess and those things are just some like growing along the out through the years with um people coming in the booth and and seeing like I used to have like um oh I don't know maybe like the you are my sunshine piece and people say oh you know like my grandmother sang that song to me when I was a baby or uh just and hear their own but hear their own personal stories about what these pieces meant to them with or or pieces that you can't really tell what it is like the river cuff you wouldn't look at it and say that's a river cuff you'd just be like oh neat piece but then when you learn that it's like just designed after the Harold Fisk maps from the you know the 1940s the um those beautiful maps that are kind of everywhere now, but we learned about them in school and not really that many people knew, knew about them at the time. Um, you can have a bigger conversation about like, Oh, the, that's, that's so cool. And, you know, I hardly ever go to the river, but I should go to the river more. You know, I, I saw this amazing sunset and then you have this whole conversation and, you know, especially if you're out of town or somewhere else and they don't know about something that we like crawfish or, you know, something that's like really typical here, but would be a really interesting conversation starter in like New Jersey. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's almost like you're making handcrafted jewelry with a purpose. I guess so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like every single piece has something that it's tied to, yeah. which is really powerful. It's not just another thing of jewelry. It's like yeah. you know, each thing is built specifically for a specific reason and has a specific specific message within it, Yeah, which brings so much more power, I feel. Yeah. And it's, it's what, I mean, for me, I'm like an endlessly curious kind of person. And so usually it's 
the product of following some rabbit hole of something, some podcast or book that I've read that, you know, whether it's garfish or like we had a, we, we helped rehab a baby squirrel and that was like a really big part of our life in 2020. And, um, and so some of these pieces are like just so personal to me and I look at them and they mean something, you know, really personal to me, but then to see people come and tell me their story that feels just as personal that, you know, I'm like, Oh, I thought I made that just for myself. <laughs> I like the garfish. I never would have thought like as many people would love it or have garfish stories or be, you know, um, so cat, we just did a catfish collection. Um, there's, there's a lot of pieces that, you know, you forget like how many of us are, are tied to these different parts of our culture stories oh, yeah. in our like landscape. I, I've got garfish stories for days. Yeah. <laughs> well, catfish stories. Like yeah. grew up on garfish balls that my grandfather yeah. would make and make a little stew out of them. And then catfish and we would wait for the river to rise and we would go run trot lines through trees during high school and we would catch river cats and cook those. So there's so a whole lot of people yeah. that can definitely relate to all those things. And it's fun to do the things that aren't quite so obvious, you know, like um, we have plenty of the stuff that is obvious. So there's nothing wrong with that because it's obvious for a reason. You know, right. we all love it. Um, but it's fun to do the things that we've either not really paid that much attention to or they're just under the radar because, you know, we take it for granted. And then you dig into it and, and find the backstory of why it is part of such a part of our culture and tell that story. And, and then it's like kind of helping people see like the hidden gems all around us and tell them little tidbits of, you know, uh, fun facts or whatever that makes them like, Oh no way. I didn't know that. That's crazy. And then the next time, hopefully when they see it, they're like, did you know, you know, to some <laughs> other person. So it's like, you know, we're surrounded by all these amazing things. Like I love to just be like in awe of stuff. So to have people feel that awe that they might not have felt otherwise is like such a cool cool idea of like uh, uh, something that our jewelry could do yeah and i mean your your people that purchase and then write reviews i'm sure you're able to see that time yeah. and time again like yeah. oh my gosh these stories are incredible yeah. these stories are powerful and then you know yeah. flipping that to making a social post about it or promoting yeah. what other people are saying is yeah. so powerful to see where it's like wow this connects on a whole lot yeah. of people's and it's level. like not for, like I think you know like I'll think like oh this one's just for me and then like you know like you're saying you hear the stories back and you're like I don't even know what you know like it's amazing <laughs> it's so cool it's like this is what it's all about like yeah. it's it's the coolest thing isn't it crazy how you think you're the only person who can relate to something and then you have all these other people out there that are like nope we also relate yeah. to this and it's like yeah. wow and then you so get to bond over that thing absolutely you know? yeah you know, it's yeah. just, you don't, you don't know until you put it out there and then yeah. you get that feedback and you say, wow, yeah. okay, I'm not the only person that has to go through this. You know, I'm not yeah. the only person that thinks this is a unique special item to me yeah. because everybody has a story with it, you yeah. know, and they're all different stories, but it's all yeah. like, you still have the mementos. And then I get to you. learn like even cooler things. Like a lot Absolutely. of times people will be like, well, did you know my papa had this thing and whatever. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Like, that's amazing. And how else would I know that? And then all of a sudden I have a new best friend talk about <laughs> garfish with or whatever. <laughs> I love it. Well, we, we could talk for hours, but as we kind of start to wind down the show, we do have a set list of questions that we ask every guest. So the first one is, what is something y'all did as a kid you wish you could still do today? I know. I feel like we do a lot of the kid <laughs> stuff, like sleep outside, but we do that sometimes. Mm. Um, That's tough. 
or what, what is something you did as a kid you, know, you still I will, do today? I will say something that I had a, had a problem with that I didn't realize I had a problem with, that it was something I did as a kid was just make things for the fun of it. And somewhere in doing this for a job, I lost a little bit of that. And like that, not all of it, because believe me, I've had so much fun and I absolutely love it. There's everything has been, I've enjoyed. But I, there was a different part of your brain that has to turn on when you're making something, especially jewelry. So it's not like a piece of art that just can kind of go somewhere. It And nothing against artists, because I know they have to think about things, parameters and where it's going to go and all that. But when it's going on a human body, it has to be comfortable. It can't hurt. It can't like snag on clothes. It can't, um, it has to be shaped a certain way. Our mold is only a certain size. So there are a lot of parameters I have to think about when I'm designing something. I can't just be like, I want to make this wild thing. I want to make a puffer fish bracelet because it would stab everybody. I can't do that, you know. Um, so I have to. There are parameters, and there's also is this uh, is this uh, reproduce reproducible? Is that the right word? Can I can this be yeah. reproduced easily? Um, so there are limitations in it, but then also I need to be thinking about like how is this going to work the whole time I'm making it. Um, I took a class with my friend who she does pottery and she taught some pottery classes and I hadn't done clay in a really long time. So I was like, Oh, I want to play with clay again. And I was taking it and I realized the whole time I was thinking, can I make a mold for this? Can I reproduce this? Is this easy to make? Can I teach somebody else how to make this fast? Is this efficient? I don't know if I can get that tool. And I was like, oh, I'm not just having fun. Like, I'm not just doing this for the heck out of it. The heck of it, I'm like thinking about all these things. So when you say like as a kid, it it pushed me in that moment to, to kind of go back to like having a little more freedom with my designs and stuff and letting go a little bit of the, I mean, I'm always going to have to think, does it fit on a wrist? Does it fit on a finger and not like stab the other finger or, you know, so, or, or can we mold it in our mold or is it too big or too small? Um but let go a little bit of that stuff. And then also in my own like off work time, do do more things in my life that are just like painting for fun that no one's going to ever see it. I'm not going to sell it. doesn't matter if it's beautiful or can be reprodu reproduced. Um, so it's it, that forced me to kind of like explore that more. So I guess I would say I would have said do, do more things where I don't have to think about those things like you do when you're a kid. But I have in the last year added way more of that back into my life and I think it's made my jewelry making better because I'm having time to explore that in just like a much yeah. more free way I hope absolutely. that answers no, absolutely the, that answers it alright now Dawson mm. I don't know I think just like getting on the on your bike and just riding in the neighborhood yeah you could so do that randomly you could absolutely. do that <laughs> yeah but like I want a BMX yeah, yeah. you know you don't like to be able to go and jump ramps yeah. and you know, do, <laughs> like some, do some I kid things. I grew up across the street from St. Joseph's. Okay. So I'd go ride all through the... The campus yeah, and everything? that was fun. Yeah. yeah. They would probably... Well, they put fences up. I don't yeah, think they Yeah, they probably wouldn't allow <laughs> allow you to ride your bike <laughs> yeah. through the campus while students were present. They'd probably yeah. be like, sir, that was fun. sir, we need to leave. <laughs> I do miss that. So y'all have done a lot. Dawson, you've been all over the map with different business ventures. And Madeline, you've gone from working for somebody to then taking this leap of faith and building this incredible company. What are three lessons that y'all have learned along the way throughout y'all's careers? Hmm. I know one that kind of like just, it sounds kind of like to be rude, but just like now that we've kind of gotten into it, 
I've realized how valuable time is. So I just speak my mind now. That's something I've learned. It just cuts through the chase. Like it's what I, it's what I feel is what, you know, like even just having like awkward conversations, you know, but man, it just like, I think you, you end up like relating with people better. It just cuts to the chase. Like that's one thing I feel I've learned. Yeah. There's a time and place for fluff generally in business. Fluff can be eliminated yeah. and still get the job done and even more efficiently. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Maybe it's midlife crisis. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> That's, um. I mean, I think a big one for me has just been this continuous thing of like letting go, trusting, delegating, trusting Dawson. I feel like our relationship in this has been kind of like you commit to being married when you work together, you have to just commit to like, this is what we're going to be doing. Not like, I don't really like it anymore. Or like, you know, like, (laughs) or like there's so many little things that can come up along the way that like, uh, throw it, you know, and make it difficult that you have to be like, this is what we're committed to. Like, cause there are so many times that you could easily uncommit to it. (laughs) So I feel like in my mind, I committed it to it the same way we committed to being married almost like, and also, we have another couple that works. My cousin Andrew and his wife Blair. She's the general manager, and he does all the casting and stuff. So it's almost it's you got two, two couples. You got couples yeah. within couples. Yeah. But then, like, I don't see her during the day much. Yeah, now day to day, we really are the aren't same too. together too much. And now so, that we've, I feel like used to our roles were a lot more like intertwined even. And now that he's taken a lot, and then Blair's taken a lot. Uh, we don't have to talk about a lot of business stuff that we used to have to talk about. everybody's in their natural role now. Yeah. So it, it's cleaned it up a lot as far as, far as all the like take home conversations. Like I feel like we used to talk about a lot yeah, more. Now it's kind of it like, anymore. Hey, Oh yeah. So what do you want to watch tonight? Like, and we're like, <laughs> yeah. don't talk about work. I'm at playing all. solitaire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like painting like child. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and like, yeah, getting to know your, like, know yourself and know your role like to understand I think Craig even helped us with this like that he's more like we have this analogy of like he's the one uh if you're building a ship like he's the one that's like still kind of building the ship as we're going out to sea and I'm kind of like there with a paddle like yeah yeah I trust you we're gonna get there it's gonna be good um but like not get shocked that he's always gonna want to build a new ship and do some other new big project or something like I know that he's kind of the one to have that role to like have a vision for something and bring it home and me be like, yeah, okay, sure. As long as I get to make jewelry, I don't care. You know? <laughs> um, and, and then my role is to like be supportive of that and, um, and, and find my way in it too. I mean, I have ideas too. I'm not trying to say just, but, uh, and he's, he's supportive of those, but, um, but, but realizing how, where each other's strengths, I guess really that's what yeah. it goes back to strengths and, and what we enjoy doing too. Absolutely. Um, leaning on each other for that. Like, oh no, you actually like doing that. So you should do that. Yeah, and that ability to recognize that is huge. It yeah. kind of comes with time too. Man. Yeah. And like a lot of mistakes. <laughs> oh, there's always yeah. mistakes. Yeah. Man. But it's like, you know, you hear the podcast, you read the books and like hustle and fail and it, it sucks, but it teaches you a lesson. You're like, but I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Like, I didn't I know I had to fail this many yeah. times. Or like, it seems like, cool the way you failed my fails feel horrible and like i'm gonna die like it's ripping my guts you know so not to be dramatic but 
sometimes they feel really, you know, it's yeah. it's pretty bad. And like there's other people involved and, and I can look back and be like, oh, gosh, the things I've said and done, the ways I've led it. I would, oh, I could, but I also have to, you know, uh, the question of like, do you? you you only can be perfect always you're never allowed to not know how to do something so like yeah okay I guess it's okay that I wasn't a perfect manager because I never did it before and didn't go to school for it and now I know better um but yeah anyway the mistakes those are hard but it's true you learn from them and I mean it is true I just I feel like now uh, younger people like if they read that stuff and um or, or people who are up and coming and like trying to have a new business or their own business um like yeah I'm ready to fail I'm ready to do this like no, no it's gonna hurt way worse than they say it's gonna be really hard but the books make it seem yeah. pretty and nice but it's not yeah. pretty and nice out there no but so what is something y'all love about Baton Rouge um I think just like the community of our friends yeah that i think sure. i mean for me personally i love the lakes it's so simple but i love the lakes like they're just alive with wildlife and everything i i, I know it's uh, physically of, that's just like like seeing so them beautiful. be dredged again it's like but it's going back to swamp like <laughs> yeah, this is kind of natural Leave um, it, but but there's so much potential in baton rouge there's so many people doing things um with the mid-city makers market that we, we used to do uh meeting so many talented people and you think like, Oh, I've kind of been on the maker scene. I felt like I knew what was going on and constantly meeting new people that are doing things that you had no idea they were doing that are incredibly talented. They're just kind of on this side of town or that side, you know, just happen to run in different circles and you just hadn't crossed paths yet. And to constantly be surprised at the amazing things that are going on and people really doing like really good work, not just creative work, artistic work, other, all kinds of work. Your, your kind of work, Craig, you know, um, there, you know, there's just a lot going on in Baton Rouge that just kind of is humming under the radar. Um, I feel like that's, there's always something to, to be inspired by and excited by. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And the proximity to a lot of really cool little towns around like the summer, me and Greta spent a lot of time going to like Brobridge, Arnaville, um, just towns that are like an hour away or whatever um and and just asking everybody like where do you go eat lunch where do you, where do you shop what are the good antique stores um what are the things that we need to go see the sites or whatever and we've been like writing little blogs about those and it's it's really kind of like an artist date or like an inspiration date to go just see what's out there that like i might not find something that day or realize something that day but like three months later i'll be like oh, i gotta make a you know whatever the thing is um and then the reason in making a blog about it is to tell people <clears throat> A lot of times you're sitting around like, what are we going to do this weekend? I don't know. Something going on. Literally just one hour away, you can go have this really cool experience in like the cutest town in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. And there's tons of them. So that's the proximity to all of that is really cool. Yeah. And then getting that out there for other people to know about yeah. it is yeah, huge. Like, when they yeah. do the newsletters, I, I like actually like reading. <laughs> I'm not a reader. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is actually pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. okay. We should go there. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like, you know, y'all need to be like, Doing a local Louisiana travel podcast, almost. We're just sneaking in what we want to do. That's <laughs> what I'm now. saying. You just do what you uh, want to yeah. do, and then just talk yeah. about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe I'll just delegate some other things, <laughs> make some room. <laughs> so, for the final question, what can I do to help y'all? Um. Well, well you've helped me. Yeah, greatly. I think you're already <laughs> accounting. You're like maxed out on all that. <laughs> We're good. Okay. Maybe come buy some cufflinks if you want. Yeah, I do need some cufflinks. Oh no, actually, I told him we. We took them up. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Oh, like some alligators now. Yeah. Yeah. Or we can we can we can personalize something. The head. Oh, oh yeah. And we are getting the new machine. So yeah. Do a laser engraving. We're, uh, yeah. We just invested in an engraving machine, so that's something we've been wanting to do for a really long time, and probably get asked like every other day from a customer, you know, if something can be engraved, um, and we just hadn't been able to do it or been ready to. Yeah, it's another machine that. Yeah. Me and Andrew are going to try to figure out, and we don't know what we're doing, so it'll be interesting a lot of trial and error yeah, yeah a so lot i'm here for it yeah just make some content around it just like film y'all's yeah. process he's gonna wake me up in the middle of the night like i got one <laughs> it's perfect look i got <laughs> one initial it. yeah dialed in yeah. <laughs> the next one's gonna be trash <laughs> yeah probably yeah well so. for those that are interested in purchasing some stuff from y'all what's the easiest way for them to do it um, if you're in Baton Rouge, go to our store at 541 South Eugene. Um, if you're out of town, you can go to www.momosehandcrafted.com and buy it online. Perfect. And we'll link y'all's social and y'all's website and all the show notes and everything so people can quickly click and cool. go and figure out what Mimosa is cool. and find something that relates to them. Cool. So thank y'all so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. I appreciate getting to hear y'all's journey and everything that y'all kind of have going on and look forward to seeing where the next level y'all are going to go to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So cool. thank y'all and thank, thank you, you everybody else for listening or watching whatever platform you're consuming us on. I really appreciate it and the guests do as well. Look, if you're into jewelry or maybe you're just curious about whatever it is that Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry sells and you want to find something that relates to you and that you can kind of get attached to, go check out their website. They're in the show notes. They're tagged in all of our social posts for this episode. So make sure to hit them up and let them know that the Patty G Show sent you. And also a big thank you to the amazing folks that bring you this show each and every week. Hear a little bit more about them right now. Welcome to the brand new Falaya mobile app. We took all the same tech that's helped hundreds of people sell their homes themselves and packed it into an easy to use app for your phone. When you download the Falaya mobile app on either the Apple or Android app store, you'll immediately be able to see the power of this game changing tool. From the seller's dashboard, you can navigate to all the information that you need. We intentionally separated everything into key groups, such as tasks to be completed, buyer leads for your listing, and contact information for everyone involved through closing. When you get an offer on your property, you can simply review and respond all within the app. No matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to monitor everything that's going on with your property from listed to sold. It's truly the power of Falaya in the palm of your hand. Download the app and see for yourself. Falaya, it's real estate reimagined. Thank you so very much to Building 5 for the, becoming the latest sponsor of the Patty G Show. We are going to be filming once a month at Building 5. We're going to post about it on our social so you can come and visit with us. Building 5 is an excellent food establishment if you're into sharing boards and really getting a creative menu misty and brumby have done an excellent job of creating an environment that's warm welcoming inviting for every single occasion go on over to building five in baton rouge louisiana and tell them what the patty g show sent you thank you to mercedes benz of baton rouge for making this show possible nick pentis is a past guest we love having him on Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service 
every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life, shopping for a car. They're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you, signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreau, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. McClavey's Limited, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show, has been serving the Baton Rouge area proudly for 40-plus years. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're shopping for your man, there is no other place in the Baton Rouge area to get your clothing, whether it's game day needs, everyday needs, business attire, formal attire, whatever you want. Go over there, see Frank and Ashley. It's a father-daughter duo. They do incredible things in their store. They will outfit you from as simply a shirt that you need for one evening, or all the way to a full wardrobe overhaul. They're going to take care of you every step of the way, and be sure and let them know that Patty G Show sent you. The Patty G Show is proudly brought to you by Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry. Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry is a local business right here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They create handcrafted jewelry for everyday use, that special occasion, whatever it may be. Gentlemen, they've got amazing jewelry both for male and female. Everyone is their audience. You know, after years of experimenting with everything from ceramic jewelry, glass beads, and enamel, they've settled in on the ancient art of lost wax casting is their main form of creating their work. They cast everything in bronze, sterling silver, and 14 karat gold. Every step of the way is done here right in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Proud, proud sponsors of the Patty G Show, Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelers. Get out there and tell them that Patty G sent you, and they're going to take great care of you on your next order. Thank you so very much to Currency Bank, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. If you are looking for a business bank that fosters on three core values, relationships, service, and technology, Currency Bank is the place for you. They pride themselves on convenient, accessible, and secure online banking resources where you can manage your account balances, initiate transfers, enroll with e-statements, and more via their online portal. Between the relationships, the service, and the technology, they are going to be that partner with your business every step of the way, regardless of what you need. Currency Bank is the bank for business owners.